chocolate. 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 From Dame Cacao, I'm Max Gandy, and this is Chocolate on the Road, the show where we explore hot topics surrounding cacao and chocolate cultures around the world. So let's hit the road. Hey, chocolate lovers. Welcome back to the season one wrap up. This is interview three of five. This week, looking back on my interview with Emily Pick of Public Chocolatory. We recorded this in June 2019 at her shop in Chuncheon, South Korea. We discuss her origin story and her come up as a maker, as well as the specific issues she's faced in suburban Korea. Please pardon the background noise. She was hard at work making chocolate in the room next door. Enjoy. How was your day? Uh, been busy. Hmm. Or not busy? Not. Maybe people think um, not busy these days because it's getting mm. summer. The mm. weather is hot. But inside of this factory, I'm busy to make new uh, origin chocolates. Mm. Yeah. So it's 다른 면. What do you say? How do you say? 다른 면? 다른 면 side. Oh, oh, it's like the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, mm. okay. Like after busy season starts the other season for right. chocolate makers. Yes, right. Mm. So, who are you? I am uh, Han Bin Baek, making chocolate, Bintuba chocolates in Korea since 2016. Mm. And then, yeah, I'm a Bintuba chocolate maker. And where were you before 2016? Uh, before I was at the Wellington Chocolate Factory in New Zealand from 2014 to 2016. And then I came back to Korea, my home, and then I um, started my own business here. And where is your factory located? The factory, this one. Uh, in Chuncheon, <laughs> Chuncheon city. It's quite a small and quiet city in Korea. Yeah. Pretty close to, to Seoul. Right, yes. And how did you become interested in chocolate making? Um, I was actually a chocolatier before I make Pinchuba chocolates, but I always thought that um, what is real ingredient of this chocolate bar that I made with Kobachar. So I tried to research uh, about the cacao and then the other ingredients. Before I didn't know what the pinto bar is, but after that point, I was, okay, the pinto bar, only two ingredients, cocoa and sugar. That's my way. So I keep researching, researching. Then I um, reached out uh, Kim Chang-yong, Eddie Kim, and then I asked about what is pinto bar, and then uh, he was my first teacher, about the Bintu bar. Also, I was very sick, and then I was really, um, yeah, sick and tired of this working, and in Seoul city, so many people always happening something, and then too busy. Yeah, there's there is no um, quiet quiet place. Mm. Also, nature thing. Yeah. So I was very sick. Then I 
when I found the chocolate, I think the chocolate is my was my cure, or also my medicine of my sick, like mentally, and then move my body to physically. Yeah. After that, I don't really sick. <laughs> This is true. So true. <laughs> Chocolate cures everything. Yeah, I it really does. So. Yeah, yeah. So you opened the chocolate factory we're in now, Public Chocolatory, mm-hmm. in 2016. Mm-hmm. So what have been the problems you've encountered as you try to grow the business over the last three years? Over the last three years, Bintu Bar is quite new, still new in Korea. So people really don't know about it, and then. Um, People just used to buy the chocolates from the supermarkets made with many ingredients in it. Yeah. And then every time the customers came in to my place and then asked about the chocolates and I answer um, like this. So when you buy the chocolate at the supermarket, just you can see all the ingredients about the chocolate you buy, but uh, the little ingredients that's not good for you, for your health, actually. So um, you can choose. You can always choose with what kind of chocolate you buy. But uh, I just tell you that these bars, I used only two ingredients: organic cacao and then organic cane sugar. How did you put together the machinery to build up your factory? Oh, the machineries. Yeah. Um, uh, I tried to find something that I can get easier in Korea. The machines, except tempering machine. The Selmi. I used to use Selmi when I was in New Zealand. I knew that that's a good machine for the Pinto Bar chocolates. So I just use um, tempering machine from Selmi, from Italy. And then the other uh, machinery is like um, oven. I get that from Korea. I know that brand is from another country, maybe Italy. Not sure about it. And then the winnower. The problem is winnower. <laughs> I use, uh, uh, it called Pungu. In Korean language, Pungu. That means using the um, wind. <laughs> so I, that machine make wind from the motor, and then the because of that wind, the husk just blow away from like that, and then just like you know, Nunggige is agriculture. Machines. That like line of agricultural Yeah, machines. yeah. Huh. What so, is it originally used for? Used for the little beans and then sesame skins. Removing sesame skins. And then, <laughs> you know, the um, pop, uh, no, no, corns. Mm. And then little beans, green beans, like sesames. Uh, removing those kind of, yeah. Sit skins. Creativity at its finest. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Do you think that opening a business as a woman in Korea was any different than it would have been if you were a man? Ah. Uh, 
Not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I own this business, and then when customer coming in, I always at the front to talk with them, and I think they feel more comfortable. Yeah, and then I explain like literally little by little, they understand and they really quite like it. So it's my advantage, I think, as a woman. So, are there any really effective ways you've been able to grow your business? Anything that's really like moved your business forward in big ways? In big ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, we delivered our chocolates to the hotel in Seoul, and I think that's part of a big step for us because. From that hotel, I got many feedbacks from the customer. The chocolate was very nice. Where could I buy it? And some people actually came to my place and then bought some chocolate bars. The collaboration thing with the prana chai. Yeah. I was always waiting for uh, some new brand with... Uh, mixed well together with my chocolate. So the pra- when I met Pranachai, oh, this is it. So I talked with her. We decided to make something different. So the milk chocolate, milk chai bar, people really love it. Yeah. It's your first milk chocolate bar, That's right? true, yes. Yes. Why do all of the Korean makers seem very intent upon only making dark chocolate? I think that's because of machines, you know. Uh, if you have two different chocolates, especially uh, like 70 dark, and then you have milk chocolates, you can use same machines like crunching machines or tempering machines, but it's very hard work. If you when you change the 70 to the milk, you need to clean the tank and then wash the grinders, all the grinders, yeah. So I, I think uh, in Korea, um, Korean chocolate makers, they don't really like to make milk chocolates because of the machine things, machine problems. So you mentioned earlier about being located in Chuncheon mm-hmm. and that selling chocolate to a, a hotel in Seoul made a big difference. It was a big move for your company. Mm-hmm. So what do you think it's been different? Like, how do you think it's been different to be a maker in a town outside of Seoul versus within Seoul, where now most of the makers are? Ah, uh, definitely income. <laughs> I pay for rent fee quite uh, small money, not really small, but compared to Seoul, Seoul is really, really expensive, but Chuncheon is not really expensive. If I was in Seoul, it's quite hard to keep my business because too many, uh, what do you say? <laughs> too many costs? Costs, yeah, right. Uh, too many costs to keep that business. What was it like when you were sourcing cacao at the beginning versus now 
Or how how was it at the start, like three years ago? How did you find <laughs> There was only one importer <laughs> when I was when I started this business, trade to bar. But now I can choose um, importers, also the beans. They started to bring uh, beans from very many countries. Yeah, now it's much better than before. But the problem is uh, price, I think. Yeah. It is still um, expensive in Korea to buy the beans. I remember at some point it was like each maker was importing one origin of cacao and they were like selling it to the other makers. Like at one point, Chokodongi mm. had all the Vietnamese cacao, yeah. and then Tree de Bar had all the Ecuadorian cacao. Venezuelan was Pichoco. <laughs> right. Like, how, how did that dynamic, how did that work? Yeah, that happened last year. And I think even if the beans uh, are all the same, but the makers are different, the outcome is very different. But it's just a very interesting. Uh, dynamic because in almost every other country the maker either has to import all the cacao for mm. themselves mm. or they have to find a way to make a community. Mm. Do you think Korean makers have been able to make a community with chocolate yet? Uh, I I really hope that because <laughs> the uh, selling the chocolate very hard and then people really don't buy the chocolate every day like the other countries even Japan they buy chocolates for as a gift for someone but um, it's kind of culture thing <laughs> Korean culture they don't buy choc one chocolate bar for summer yeah so hopefully we get together and then we make something and then we could import uh, the beans together but I think that amount of the beans uh, we, we cannot what are you saying? we cannot there's not enough people right now yes, right, exactly mm. so what is Korean chocolate consumption like? like back when you were a chocolatier like in 2012, 2013 mm. what was chocolate consumption like? How did you think of chocolates? Chocolates only for Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. And it's still still the same like this this year too. Um in Korea the coffee market is very big, you know that, right? Mm. So coffee people try to um make binto bar chocolates and then they are, I think they are getting into the Bintubar market now. So, peoples are getting, <clears throat> I think, just started to know about the Bintubar. Also the, from the TV. You know, Suyomishike? You don't know that one? Mm. There are some people around the table, one circle table, and then they um, travel nice uh, nice uh, places for the subject. 
so for example this week we are going to uh, have uh, have uh, we are going to know about the pinto bar then one each people go pitchako and then the other places like that mm-hmm. and then we they get together and then talk about it how was the the shop you visited mm-hmm. mm. so it was a month ago and there on the tv show the pitchako was there and the cacao pin in seoul it's not ah, a pin to bar yeah, but yeah, chocolate chocolate here yes near the karosuke mm-hmm. mm. People just started to know about the Binto Bar and then I think we need more time, maybe two or three years more time to, yeah, understand them. To educate people. To, yes, yes. What are your most popular products right now? And like have been your most popular products? The most popular one was Venezuela. People just love it. But at the moment, um, chai bar, people like it. It is quite fun to know when people buy the chocolate. If the person is working at the coffee field, they really like Madagascar. And then just general people like Ecuador chocolate. And then, Does it like, taste like chocolate? Yeah. <laughs> just normal chocolate. Yeah. And then, especially pastry chefs like Vietnam. Vietnam one. I don't know why. <laughs> but That's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. So, <laughs> whenever they uh, came in, when they pay for the bars, I ask them, Are you a barista? <laughs> because <laughs> you have Madagascar bar. So, then they say yes. What do you think are the factors that make people buy a bar of chocolate? That mm. have them be like, alright, okay, I need to buy this. Mm. The packaging is very important. And then also the price should be reasonable for them. Mm. For one single bar, uh, they don't want to pay like 14,000 won in Korea. I think right, um, Prices from twelve thousand to fourteen thousand is okay for them, but over fourteen, people really don't get it. It's about like twelve U.S. dollars. Yes, right. Yeah, it's still pretty. It's expensive. It's like, expensive. Almost anywhere in the world, a twelve-dollar yeah. chocolate bar yeah. is a lot. Yeah, but when you have tasting chocolate, they understands uh, why 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 it's like. Expensive, um, because only two ingredients in it. As a chocolate cafe, mm-hmm. you don't just have chocolate bars, you also have chocolate drinks, mm-hmm. and you have uh, all of the chocolate products, mm-hmm. like sort of confections, Yeah. but you also have bars. Mm-hmm. So do you know what percent of the sales that you make are bars ah. versus other things? Ah, mm, I say... 60% I think, yeah, uh, 60% sales of, yeah, right, then the other 40 is about hot chocolate and then there is almond bowl, 
<laughs> people, people really just, like them? People just really like it. People just... Mm. They're <laughs> <And> good. Then, <laughs> They're very easy to eat. Yeah, easy to eat. And then it's very nutty and sweet also with chocolate. People just like it. Um, I just have one more question. Mm-hmm. What are some weird questions people mm. have asked you? Mm-hmm. If, if any. Uh, weird ones. For me, um... Ah, yes. The most weird one. She came in two days ago and then she picked Ecuador one. And uh, she holds Ecuador chocolate bar. And then, is it notebook? I lost my words. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I said notebook. Uh, no, we are chocolate, uh, chocolate shop. So, uh, ah, she was like, ah, <laughs> maybe my chocolate looks like notebooks. <laughs> They're very beautiful. I think it's a compliment. Uh, she thought you had lots of branded notebooks. <laughs> oh, um, so when I worked at the chocolate factory in Peru, mm-hmm. we sometimes we would have people come in yeah. and they would say, uh, if I buy 10 bars, will you give me a discount? Oh, does that happen here? So many times, yes. So many times. I don't know why. Is it only Korean people thing? Some people ask um, buying three bars and then want to get a discount. But I always say, sorry, I, I cannot give you a discount, but I can give you our logo pencil. <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's same. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to share about, like, the Korean chocolate market? Ah. Uh, uh, I want to ask them, it's time to, um, consume your money in the right way, in the right chocolate, yeah? Uh, we get those cocoa beans, you know, um, fair trade cocoa beans, and then the sugar, also fair trade. Yeah, people should pay in the right way. Yeah. 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 Vote with your dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, vote you, vote, what do you say? Vote, vote with your dollars. With your dollars. Yeah, sort yeah. of like elect the mm. businesses that mm. you want to keep running Mm-mm. by buying their things. Mm-mm. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Chocolate on the Road. To learn more about Emily and the show, click the link in the description or visit my website at damecacao.com. That's D-A-M-E-C-A-C-A-O dot C-O-M. Enjoy your week and look out for another interview next Wednesday.